2: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: True Hauntings is a frightfully good production.
2: Built on a hill with a panoramic view overlooking Baguio City, the Diplomat Hotel is considered one of the most haunted places in the Philippines. Its history dates back to 1911, when it was constructed as a retreat house by the Dominican Order on a 17-hectare property previously belonging to American locals. Many people state that they have seen headless apparitions inside the hotel during the night when they have been inside the abandoned building. Even when the building was a hotel, employees and guests also stated that they often heard weird sounds coming from the building, especially near the fountain. Apart from that, people living nearby claimed that they would hear the banging of doors and windows,
3: clattering of dishes and voices of screaming people, people in pain, torturous screams. The Philippines is a country of long-held superstitious beliefs and curses that can be placed upon them by crossing the dead. Imagine then a place filled with murdered souls that sits overlooking a grand city. A place filled with restless spirits. Would you go there to visit?
2: Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And apparently, a lot of tourists do just that. They go specifically looking for an experience at the Old Diplomat Hotel. Let's head on into the abandoned building one last time before it goes under a huge renovation later this year and the ghosts are forced to look for a new home.
1: Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings.
3: Welcome back to the studio, Anne. And welcome back to all our listeners
2: as well. How are you feeling, Renata? I'm feeling fabulous. How are you? I'm a little bit excited and a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Nervous anticipation. P- 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 patience. P- Patient? Or, p- did, p- p- patient, Did you spit out your tooth there? No. no, oh, good. Um, yes, tonight is the night that we have our very first tour at the residence. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we're, we're going to have one of the Maitland Jail officials there just checking out that everything's okay. And they're worried that they're going to make us nervous. And I'm actually not nervous at all about them being there.
3: No, no. The guests
2: scare me more than any (laughs) officials. For me, it's more um, this place has never been investigated. Mm -hmm. It is attached to a very haunted jail. We Mm -hmm. we can say that's haunted, Mm -hmm. but we don't know for sure what we will encounter or whether... The entities that are there are going to want to interact with us. Mm-hmm. They may just stand back and go, yeah, no, we're not touching you. Yeah. Look, I think it's
3: going to be one of those slow cooking things. It's like a crock pot situation. Or when you've had something bad to eat you know, and a <laughs> yeah, yeah, bruise. Yeah, bruise. It comes out. It's got to brew. It's, it's got to warm up. It comes it's out it's, demonic. It's got to – it's it's just got to have its time. So I, I think the, the people that are coming tonight are the brave first souls that are going to come in and stir up – all of the spirits that are there and now we've been in there for a few times so we've already been talking to them and going now come on guys we know you've been hiding here Earn you keep yeah we <laughs> want you to come through we want you to, to be connected um you know you don't have a lot a lot of time to hide in here anymore um because once they come through and renovate the place that's it you'll what you won't want to be here
2: yeah and we've only got this place for a very limited amount of time yeah. before it's gutted and turned into a motel a boutique motel yeah so, so we're, we're that, trying to warn the spirits The weirdest the weirdest of things I just can't oh, I can't it, picture it I can because it's grand. those rooms are huge they have already got bathrooms attached to them yeah so I can quite easily visualize it being a nice little boutique motel mm. Mm. we won't be able to afford it <laughs> we might. We might. I'm not going to say no. I I think maybe what would be nice, I think, is that for the inaugural night where they open it up for the first time, they should put us in there for free. Yes. As a thanks. Or <laughs> we'll just put that idea in yep. somebody's head. Yep. I'm just going to put that out to the universe. Yes. That uh, the mm-hmm. people that have worked there and helped bring it back to life, mm-hmm. ready for the uh, new... Um, motel and making sure the ghosts are warned to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep, they should reward us. Now, for anyone who's (laughs) not quite sure what we're talking about, this is uh,
3: an area of the old Maitland Jail that we have been working at for the last five or so years, uh, doing ghost tours, ghost hunts, paranormal investigations. Part of the building is now going to be renovated Mm -hmm. and it's going to be attached to a new hotel that is going to be part of the complex. So the jail. Innards, the inside of the jail, is going to remain historic and open to the general public for for tours. Yeah, yeah. But there are two areas, the two front buildings that used to be residences. They were the governors and the lieutenant governors' buildings, Mm -hmm. are going to be renovated and are going to be part of like five star
2: boutique accommodation. Yeah, they definitely need to give us a free night. (laughs) We
3: we have experienced what this looks like when we went to Bodmin Jail. Yes. And we were at that jail when it was in a state of complete and total disrepair. Well, the you things were. Things were
2: falling down. You were with your other travel yeah, buddy. Oh, I was. Sorry. That was BA before Anne. Yeah.
3: And uh, it was a shell. And it did enjoy a lot of people coming through, doing ghost tours and the, the, the history and all of that. But it, it's not making enough money yeah, just uh, running ghost tours. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the, the other option was to pull it all down, which would have just been a catastrophe. So yeah. someone with a, a, a deep pocket came in and decided that they were going to make. I believe it a, was a, a Russian group. Yes, a boutique. I'm not going to talk about that. A boutique hotel uh, and complex. And we did visit it last week, I remember, because I fell over and hurt myself there.
2: (laughs) We visited it last week? I mean, last year. Last year. Sorry, last year. Hang on, did I miss something? (laughs) Last year. I blinked.
3: And, uh, sorry, last year. And it's amazing.
2: It is freaking amazing. It's too clean for me. It is. I like that bit of grit and grime, but we know some people don't because we... We we got a little bit of a negative review about <laughs> the jail being a bit dirty. Yes, they but <laughs> obviously they've been to special places overseas. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, yeah. I mean the, the, the jail is spotless. It's it's so clean and schmick, and they've tidied up everything, mm-hmm. and um, and the jail cells look like somewhere you could stay for a little while. But no,
3: <sighs> yes, but Bodmin Jail is um, astounding. And um, yes, when you throw millions and millions of dollars at something and you can still have that. A historic part of it sitting there. Um, well, they've got but... a
2: whole section of the jail cells that's been made into accommodation, and yeah. I actually saw that on Sherpa. Um, I love watching Sherpa, and so does my dog Max, because he howls all the way through it. Um, Sherpa is a, a husky, and his owner, Jamie, is into ghost hunting, and he took Sherpa, the dog, mm-hmm. and the dogs could stay in the motel oh, with you. Oh. They stayed at Bodman Jail. Wow. And I, I now have major FOMO that we, <laughs> we didn't go go there. We've missed out. We should have spent the money oh, on it and stayed there. It was quite expensive, Anne, yeah, let me just was. remind you. It was about $700 yeah. Australian to it stay was, the night. It was, yes. I could
3: have taken out a loan. It would have been fine. <laughs> I'm running out of those, like, zip and afterpay things. Yeah, i yeah. so many. We can
2: only collect so many cans and bottles that we can reimburse. <laughs> that.
1: So-
2: <laughs> We will do what it takes. <laughs> oh, so if anybody wants to fund us a night. Yeah, become a Patreon. Gel. Patreon. Oh, do you know what I saw on Sherpa the other day? Um, they get Christmas presents and birthday presents and yeah. things. He gets so much mail. I'm just like, my God. Um, the dog gets more mail than we do. Yeah, he gets chicken balls. <laughs> chicken balls and fish sticks. Tons of them. Uh, and I mean, he does share his hoard with some of the local anim- animal yeah. rescues, which I think is beautiful. It's beautiful. But somebody sent him a Sony vlogging camera. And I... I looked it up, and what? it was about eight to nine hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! What the hell? That's amazing. I know the the fans are just so generous. oh yes. um, mind you, we can't complain. We're rattling no. on, but we um, we, we have we beautiful have, fans. We've had some Jill. beautiful gifts sent to us very yes. recently, and yeah. we are very very grateful. If you do want to send something, PO Box two two eight five Dangar D A N G A R. I think it's 2309 is the postcard, New South Wales. post Postcode, postcode, not postcard. Um, yeah, we love mail. We get very excited. We gratefully appreciate anything yes. sent to us. Yeah. I oh, no, I'm not asking for a camera, just a postcard will be fine. <laughs> Yeah, postcard from where you live. Although we could do with a Sony vlogging camera, that would be great. But that no, would be I'm joking. Awesome, though, but to get a postcard from where you live that would be awesome yeah. to send us. Send but... it to Anne and Renata. Yeah. All right, should we get on with this show? Yes,
3: let's get on with this show. We we've decided to go somewhere a little bit different. We always seem to and there are so, look, there are so many stories from England and America. Mm-hmm. They just love their ghost stories. But they're also
2: well um uh documented, documented yes. whereas the international stories aren't. So yes. Well yes. documented, so it's difficult. Like we found a whole, or you found a whole story, but it was in the the local dialect language, yep. and uh, we tried translating it, and um, it was still, it didn't quite translate well, so it, it became difficult. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we, I, well, we'll do our best with this one. It's got a very interesting, dark history. Yes, it does. Let's get on with it. Standing outside the fog-covered ruins of the old Diplomat Hotel, I find the eerie vibe hard to ignore as I picture a cinematic vision of a sequel to the haunting of Hill House and of Bly Manor. For all its paranormal tales of housing wandering spirits, the history of this rundown charming architectural remains provides a fascinating backdrop to any eight-episode horror series. If you think ghosts of dead priests walking the hallways is good enough horror tale fodder, wait till you learn about what transpired inside the walls of the former Dominican Hill Retreat House, during the height of World War II. The ghost tally of the Dominican Hill Retreat House increased hundreds of times over after that war. After decades of neglect, the local government of Baguio converted it to become the Diplomat Hotel. There surfaced many unconfirmed stories of mysterious deaths of hotel guests, adding to the horror lore of the property. If the rumours of these guests' demise are to be believed, then the Dominican Hill Retreat House-turned-Diplomat Hotel has again increased its ghost tally in the 1980s. During our visit, a busload of young students, probably on a field trip, were also visiting the abandoned hotel. Despite a lot of people on site that day, I still found myself entering bare rooms by myself. Inside, I saw traces of the old hotel interior through a decrepit bathtub and touches of the former Dominican retreat house through its olden walls and mossy-covered courtyards. By embracing its haunting atmosphere straight out of a Stephen King novel, the old Diplomat Hotel is one of the most stimulating places to visit in the City of Pines. History? Check. Good architecture? check heritage check ghosts hmm I'd rather not find out myself
3: So as you know Anne I have been on a bit of a um, adventure to try and find haunted places
2: around the world that aren't America and England (laughs) (laughs) Do and that, you guys mind it? Do you mind if there is a lot of America and England stories in there? It'd be <laughs> interesting to know. Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as you said, it's it's
3: sometimes quite hard to find information about other places, um, or enough information. And I scoured the internet after I saw a story about the Diplomat Hotel, and I we like we have a whole list of places that we're going yeah. to. Uh, research and look at for podcast episodes We're trying to be organized I'm trying to be organized and this sort of came up and I went oh this is this might be really good this is interesting and um,
2: I've really found a little. That's it. A oh, little no. bit. no. Because I bit. was relying on you to tell a lot. Because there, there is some interesting history Oh, here. it's an amazing history. It's had a very varied life.
3: It's it's had a violent background.
2: Yeah. A very violent
3: background. Considering what it was meant to be. Yes. And when you look at the position of the Diplomat Hotel, it sits up on a hill uh, and it overlooks um, Baguio, And so it is somewhere... Where people who use this place to
2: hide i I don't think thought that over really well, but it's strategically a good spot because you can see all around you could yes. see if the enemies were
3: coming, yes, but these people that hid there had no no way of <laughs> pushing those enemies back, yeah, you know what I mean if yeah. if you're in a strategic um stronghold. And you can defend it. And you can defend it like yeah. rolling balls, you know, big balls down the
2: hill that now are don't you come up my hill, I'm gonna throw a ball at you. Are they those super ping pong balls that bounce high? No, I'm... <laughs> I've got I've got in my head, you
3: know, like scenes from um, Monty Python not... <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. But, you know, I mean, the... Are well, they hurling cows at them as well and pigeons? <laughs> yes, yes. I'll well, see, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I
2: get what you but mean. I'm guys, sure our listeners get it yeah, too. <laughs> these guys
3: would have been literally cowering in corners and, and trying to get out of the way. And then the the people that were the invaders would have just come in and, like, shot them all, which is what they did. Mm-hmm. They annihilated them all, all in one spot. And you are going, well, thank you. We don't have to find you. You're all here. We'll just kill you all and we'll take over. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of oh thank you everyone for listening.
2: Good, that's it. We're done now. We're
1: done.
2: Um, oh, and there was uh, whales and uh, clattering furniture. So there we go. That's the ghost bit done. Right, uh, shall we move on to the next story? What are we doing next week? No, but, oh. pardon me. I oh, found... sorry everyone. I hope your ears are okay after that. <laughs> sorry. That's better. Away from the microphone.
3: I, I did find the um, the building when I looked at it and looked at it um, over the years, because, of course, there are many photos. Very intriguing. Um, and yes, there is an interesting story. So let me get on to that. So in 1911, American friars from the order of...
2: <laughs> like priests. Priests. Not, 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 they brought in their oil vats and they cooked up chippies. <laughs> Yeah, well, priests. They cooked up priests. Okay, America. we're going off track real quick today. American
3: friars. I can't do it. I can't do it. Of the order of preachers, commonly known as the Dominican Order, along with a few Spanish people, Spanish members of the order, they made plans to oh, construct. structure got good friars too. Yes, they. <laughs> They, they made plans to... This is interesting. They made plans to construct a vacation house for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, And the oh, nuns... it's holiday home. Yes, and the nuns. Oh, and the nuns. <laughs> oh, there's a party going
2: on there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and it's up on a hill. It's surrounded by bushland, right? Sacred or, bush. <laughs> hashtag it's sacred bush. surrounded by bushland. And all I can think of is, what the hell? <laughs> This place was huge. Yes. But where'd they get the money? Like I know. This, this isn't a little shack in the corner. No. Where they go off and they pray to, you know, to their gods. No. This, this is a, a rumpy puppy place. a <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> rumpy puppy. This is like it's far a, out. It's a five-star resort. I know. I know, right? Oh. And this is 1911. Yeah. I mean, yeah, good on them, but geez, Honestly short of a penny or two. <laughs> The poor had to miss out for a few years so they could build their retreat to have a, a holiday house for the the friars and the nuns. That's yeah, that kind of got me right oh, at the very beginning. I've no. gone, this, oh, I'm not,
3: yeah, I'm not happy about oh, this. The tears at all. are
2: starting to roll already. Oh. Oh.
3: So there's the first, there's the first layer of um, filth and
2: ghosts. The oh. poor people that starved to death while they built their holiday home. Oh, Oh, dear. Oh, see, no one tells you history like we do. Let's face it. That'd be a great TV show. Could you imagine us saying Ghost Granny's Real History of the World? That is a TV series. Somebody come and sponsor us. (laughs) Produce that shit. That's really good. We need a T-shirt. Ghost Granny's Real History of the World.
3: (laughs) So this was 17 hectares, which is quite a, a nice property here and it was purchased uh from the americans or uh who were already living in Baguio. so the americans kind of funded it and the construction began around 1913 and it was supervised by one of the dominicans so one of the dominicans actually created the floor plan and everything and he oversaw the building now obviously they were trying to get away then from paying tax <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: and now the truth comes out <laughs>
3: So the order set up a seminary called the Colegio del Santissimo Rosario oh, beautiful. In June the 19th, June nineteen fifteen. So we thought, oh, how how can we make this a not for profit?
2: And we're into the war era now, aren't we? First mm, World War. Yes. Yeah. So
3: let's let's start a school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, have a piece of paper. Tick, it's a school, all right. And um, problem was they didn't have a high enrollment at all. Now I kind of wonder. All right, I'm gonna. To... Now, anyone who kind of lives around the Philippines, let us know. Um, was that
2: specific that they didn't have a high enrollment? They didn't or... actually want a high enrolment. <laughs> it was their holiday home. <laughs> it would be like us going on a uh, you know a world trip ghost hunting, and um, we've landed in England for a... a oh just bash <laughs> the poor <ball> microphone, <laughs> going to spit the coffee now. <laughs> Yeah, we've landed in England, and they've gone. Oh, we've got your school ready to go. Thirty students, five days a week, from nine till three. Off you go, We're like. Oh, no, we didn't really mean it. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we just... Didn't, we don't actually want to work. No, we, we just, just wanted to... a piece of paper so we didn't have
3: to pay tax. Yeah, tax but... dodge. <clears throat> anyway, excuse me, that that's my mind going. Hmm, so now you've yes. coughed in their ears, you've bashed the microphone, <laughs> keep going. Uh, so, yes, so that kind of really only lasted for about two years and then it reverted back to its original purpose, which was a holiday house for the Dominicans. <laughs> Very nice. Come on, sister, let's go have a party. <laughs> in the Philippines. <laughs> I wonder whether there was a pool. And a kibla. <laughs> well,
2: they've got a fountain. Maybe they stripped off and danced in that.
3: <laughs>
2: so, bad. so bad. I'm just thinking of Fry and Tuck dancing around naked with a little tonsure on the top there. <laughs> you couldn't go into the pool; you'd drown with all that stuff. Oh. We're oh, in a bad way, everyone. Just, oh, just sorry. letting you know, we've we've had a couple of sleep sleepless nights, <laughs> worried about tonight. <laughs> so everything was going really well
3: until the breakout of World War Two. Oh, that put a spanner in the works, and then things turned really, really terrible from there. So the holiday house worked for a little while for the Dominicans, and look, I'm sure with the t- the type of poverty that was in the Philippines, they did a lot of good work. So we're having we're having a bit of a giggle, but I'm sure they did a lot of. Are good you work. sure? <clears throat> Okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm hoping that that was a case. So up until the 1940s, the priests were able to relax, pray, and meditate in the houses' lovely fountain-splashed courtyards Told and cool fountain. stone corridors, far from the crowds of the city below. I'm reading that from one of the um, pages that I found the information on, and that kind of tells you everything, isn't it? They mm-hmm. splashed splashed fountain, fountain splashed courtyards and cool stone corridors mm. anyway that piece was brutally shattered when the Japanese army invaded the Philippines in 1941 that put a stop to hold everything so the Japanese army landed on Bataan Island and uh, the American and Filipino forces, had to really engage in the Japanese um, army for defending the township of Baguio but by the night, by early 1942 they were forced to surrender the Philippines to the Japanese now the Japanese during that war weren't very
2: nice people. No, they're, they're completely different people yes. now, but this they, they, they it's part of our history nice. just like we were dreadful to our Indigenous people yep. as well. It, it is historical. We yep. are only reporting this from a historical perspective. It's no shade on the beautiful people who they are today. Yes. So the the Filipino
3: guerrillas were effective at trying to harass the Japanese army during the occupation um, of the Philippines, especially around the mountains and the jungles. But when it came to the city and when the forces came into Baguio, they took over the Diplomat Hotel or what was the retreat um, on the hill um, that the Dominicans... Um, Yeah, put up there for themselves. So they saw that as anyone would, because it is in a strategic position. And they said, "Okay, we're going in, we're taking over, we're putting um, down our roots here uh, while we're fighting the war in this area. And this is going to be um, our place. So the Japanese army took over and the building was converted into a refugee camp. Now, that meant that anyone that they took uh, in um, as prisoners of war, they would take up to that area and hold them there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Japanese really didn't take prisoners of war. Let's let's just remember that. Yeah, yeah. It w- it was something that there
2: were some, but they were treated pretty badly.
3: So let's remember the building wasn't exactly invisible. Um, it does sit on a prominent spot. It does overlook the city. And as I said, it didn't take long for the Japanese to make um, that building their headquarters. Now, during the following uh, months of the war, it's been recorded that the Japanese forces performed brutal acts on the... Just trigger warning here, trigger warning. ...POWs. And they tortured the nuns and the priests that were there. They... Decapitated many of them, mm-hmm. and uh, many more other atrocious acts. Not only to the priests and nuns, but to most of the refugees that were there. Yeah. So it was a terrible, terrible place. So we have this huge layer of horrible oh, stuff that's now gone wound. on. Yeah, and um, it's there in front of everyone's eyes. You you can you can see it. I don't know what the township. Of, or the city of Baguio was like back then whether I there were they any other it. whether there were e- even any other people still within the city walls or yeah. whether it just became you know vacated people just tried to get away as much as they could but mm-hmm. it was yeah it was terrible now to add to all of this that was going on when the Americans defeated the Japanese forces, when they did. Eventually, the Japanese soldiers that had been in the Diplomat Hotel building refused to leave. Uh, they preferred to commit suicide. And so, yeah. and so you have another layer where those that had been installed in that place. Is, they, they were installed
2: through <clears throat> violence. Yep. And now they've uh, taken themselves out through yes. violence. Yep. Um, and that's a pride thing. That was yeah. a pride thing. Well, um, respect. Um, uh, lack of lack of loss of faith. A uh, face. Yes. God, words. Yes. So that was called Harry Harry carry hurry was, Yeah. Uh, hurry Curry. Harry Curry. Harry Curry. Harry Curry. We're just going to bury ourselves in a hole. there. let's just not. So
3: after the war, the Dominicans went back to the retreat house. How they did that and how they cleared that energy, I guess, through a lot of prayer. Um, They occupied it for a small period of time and then they sold it to a hotel group in 1972 and it was renamed the Diplomat Hotel. Now, this was a short-lived venture and in uh, 1986, the hotel closed and it then started to deteriorate. But I'm going to go back to that period because an interesting character turns up. (laughs) Ah, yes. So the building was remodelled and the interior had 33 hotel rooms, bedrooms, and uh, a lot of the unique features remained from the time that it it was a part of the uh, retreat house for the Dominican friars. And the hotel was managed by a fellow called Antonio Agapito Agpeoa. (laughs) who was I'm glad you did that one who was a, an entrepreneur and he was the largest stakeholder and financial backer of the Dominican hotel at that point in time but he was also a
2: famous faith healer and Psychic surgeon. Oh, mm. now he was one of the ones that used to um, stick his hand into your stomach and pull out bits and pieces with covered in blood and gore. Mm-hmm. And he was famous, he had stories done on him everywhere. He was in the newspaper and on the news. And yeah, so guess what? The hotel became the hotel
3: became this place where people from all over Europe who wanted healing would come and, of course, purchase hotel space mm-hmm. purchase a room and wait their turn mm-hmm. for the miracle to happen mm-hmm. until you were called upon so he was made he was double dipping mm-hmm. not only was he making money <laughs> literally
2: <laughs> <laughs> not only
3: was he making money from the hotel rooms and the accommodation and everything then he was also making money or let's say people were donating let's mm-hmm. say people were donating um
2: for his skill mm-hmm. at actually curing them oh, that noise is uh, one of my dogs that she. She groans a lot. <laughs> so, as you said,
3: to perform psychic surgery, Agpa, ag, Agpa, Agpa, well, Tony, I know oh, he's Tony, Tony, Tony. um, Pass his hand over the area that was to be operated they on. it. Yes. And then an incision would appear. And he would use his fingers or a pair of scissors and put that into the wound and grab whatever bit was no longer needed. And then it would instantaneously suture up and look like nothing had happened. A miracle. A miracle. Now, interestingly... Tony needed his own appendix removed at one stage. Oh, right, that should be an easy fix for him. Mm, but guess here, where he went? The hospital? Yes. <laughs> he went to America, to San Francisco. Oh, nice. And went to a hospital there. Nice. And had his operation there, even though he probably could have performed it himself oh, I'm on sure himself. Oh, sure he could. Have. And there were other psychic surgeons in the Philippines that did all of this. What he didn't trust them. He thought they were fakes? Well, there's a book. Oh, yes. <clears throat> there's a book called Looking for a Miracle, Weeping Icons, Relics, Stigmata Visions and Healing Cures. I need to get that. And uh, he is part of that book. And that was in 1968. Tony was arrested and charged for fraud in the United States. Oh, so how did he
2: get charged over
3: there? Well, he must have gone over there to... Um to do his
2: yes, Yes, do his business.
3: do his business because there was a gentleman who um, actually put in a, um, a complaint about it. Now, so this goes back to December the 19th, 1966. Uh, he was indicted by, a, this is Tony, by a Detroit grand jury on a charge of fraud in foreign commerce. So the indictment stemmed from a Michigan steel worker's visit to Manila where Tony pretended to mend fractured bones in the man's neck. Now, this man obviously went home, thought he was cured, miracle, everything was fabulous. Um, he did say, he did say that he was briefly relieved from pain, mm-hmm. but he reckons looking back on it, it was through suggestion. And, they did and ex- the mind is very powerful. Absolutely. They did um, x-rays on this man and they found that the bones never healed. Nothing was ever changed in the status of this man's um, position yep. when it came to um, his state of health. And so this guy kind of
2: dobbed him in. and so- I've got a question for you with the, these faith healers because there's another one, John of God, which was recently um, picked to pieces as well. I always thought he was a yeah, And like I know somebody asshole. who actually went over there and visited him and, and the rigmarole they had to go through was just amazing. But um, if these healers put their hand into someone and remove a tumour or whatever it is, and that person then goes away and goes, I'm cured, I've got no symptoms, it's all gone. Mm -hmm. And they do go and get scans and it's all gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they refuse to get scans. Mm -hmm.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price.
2: if they are um actually people are believing they are better and it actually does through that cure them what what would they have been cured any other way
3: you're looking and i don't know it's it's that's a very moral it's a conundrum, question isn't it's it it's a very moral question but when you're looking at one person maybe being held out of 300 mm-hmm. um then that is that's the issue would that person having gone to somebody else still had a cure yeah whether it was this person um and of course you're going in with great faith that um the belief is that this person will cure you yeah um so it's it's got a lot
2: to do with the mind of of the person who's going i think there's some things that just simply can't be healed like if you've got a a broken bone where bones are dislodged and and things like that i i to me that I don't see how that can be done with a, a psychic surgery. Um, but yeah, well, if you're missing a limb, how how can you fix that? Yeah. So I, I think people have to be very careful. But the power of belief is just, It's. I mean, what people have done yeah. under the name of belief blows my mind anyway sorry i just just one of those little conundrums that run through my head yeah randomly
3: and you know when you're in that state of health you will do anything to
2: try and get better
3: absolutely anything and i totally understand that totally understand that um so yeah just just be careful be careful who you give your money to. And he, it was almost like a cult. This guy. It, it was, and that's what these faith healers uh, do. They yeah. develop. A John of God f- did a following, and as you said, they have these huge rigmaroles that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 pumping you up before you get there. Yep. And and their followers are creating this this whole sense of this is
2: going to be such a miracle you're going to just be so healed yeah and i know this person was made to wait and wait and wait and they had to i'm trying to remember it all but i think they had to um not eat meat or something like that Mm and um you just had to wait and hope Mm -hmm. that you would be called upon Mm -hmm. and of course the longer you stay the more accommodation money they're making or Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that you're paying for Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah Yeah
3: Anyway um, Now a surgeon American surgeon William A. Nolan Wrote um, To the AMA And he said um, This statement about Tony He had separated Hundreds of patients From their life savings And had cured no one Mm -hmm. So after this Tony's business Had to shut down And he was unable To pay back his creditors And therefore the hotel Was given back To the government So there's another layer of yuck on top Yep, yep And he eventually suffered a heart attack And was diagnosed with a brain hemorrhage And he died uh, in the the 1980s Oh, blessed be He died in uh, 1987
2: of his ailments So Mm. I wonder if the place is like a portal for this stuff Mm. Not that we're saying that the nuns and priests Got up to shenanigans there on their little holiday house But you know, if if something started up there and then the next layer of yuck and then the next layer of mm. yuck and the next layer of yuck, yep. Yep. is it the location that's drawing it in? Is it a land spirit? Is it a demon? Wow. Or is it just human beings mm. and greed? Yeah, probably the
3: last one. So the Diplomat Hotel stopped operating after Tony passed um, and it was briefly off limits. Uh, It was abandoned and the place was looted and sacked over and over again. And then the building sustained significant damage during the 1990 Luzon earthquake. Now. There was also a fire incident that happened. And this yes. is when the hotel was, it was still a hotel. Now, several guests who were then staying at the hotel at that point in time were trapped inside and died. And there is also a story about one of the caretakers who, for unknown reasons, um, and she was a woman, she used to work there mm-hmm. uh, as a nurse, And she committed suicide from jumping from the rooftop. Now, there's a big cross that sits on or sat on the front of the building. Of course, going back to the Dominican times or as, um, I guess, reverence to those times. And um, yeah, that's where she decided to uh, take her life. Um, Let me just see if there is anything else that I need to tell you. So this... As you kind of said in um, at the very beginning and in our introduction, this has now become a place of um, a, or a draw card for ghost hunters yep. who go into that area and a lot of people know. Um, to send you up there, mm-hmm. this is kind of the last moment in time when people will be able to go and visit it, a um, bit like the residence and, isn't and go it? inside. Yep, because it is just about to be renovated and it's going to become like an arts center and a, and a place which is going to be really interesting. What comes out of there? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be sort of really given back to the people of Baguio so that um, people that come and stay at the Arts Centre start to flow their money back into the city yeah, rather than be taking elsewhere. It's, and hopefully heal it. It's a f- huge, huge development and it's been taken um, on by the National Commission for the Culture and the Arts um, and the conf- Conservation Management uh, for the area. So it's... It, Hopefully it will, in its regeneration and its new um, rebirthing, it will have a, um, a healing effect and the art that comes out of it will be healing. But before, but, but, but. before I finish, there is another thing that intrigues people at Bargio. Mm, I think uh, I know about this. I was mm-hmm. amused myself. Yes, 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 yes. And it is, and you can go and visit it. It's in the Guinness World Book of Records. I
2: love giant things.
3: As the... Biggest Ten Commandment tablets in the world. Yes, so you can go and visit the Ten Commandments as a concrete tablet. I'm going. going. It sits there and you can go and have a picture. You can
2: sit on it, lay down on it, make love on it. I don't know. (laughs) Add another commandment, whatever you want. Can we take a Sharpie and and write an extra commandment?
3: Now, it was intentionally built, allegedly, to drive away evil spirits lurking around the place that were probably left from, because they're very spiritual people, you know, the mm, they are. the Filipinos. So, yep. um, yeah, it was meant to drive away the evils that would have been left lurking from all of the things that we've just talked about. Yeah. Yep. The big scar. Yeah. And um, the record was set in 2011, and it has not been broken up to date so no one has built a bigger ten commandments tablet there you go people there's something to aim for
2: yep so you know you've got in australia the big ram and uh, the big prawn giant potato which we have visited yeah the big pineapple yep and now it outstrips them all the giant commandments Yes, we could have that somewhere. We could. We, yeah, we, we, we could
3: have that on in Newcastle
2: will on Streslecky on Streslecky Hill. We'll make it one <laughs> centimetre bigger on oh, Streslecky. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Do you know oh, what? Okay. I your think, turn. I think it's my turn. Yep. So, uh, when we're moving in now to the ghost stories, uh, it's one of these. Uh, topics where you hear it is the most haunted place in the Philippines and most haunted this or most haunted that, and you look at all the layers and layers of horror that has happened in this location, and you're expecting lots of reports. Yes, loads and loads of reports. But in nearly every article, It comes out with some people claim to hear peculiar sounds and even see ghosts like the white lady other sources visiting the place take photographs and see silhouettes and strange images. Uh, other reports are banging of furniture, clattering of dishes, uh, noises coming from the ruins, wailing of cries from help from the children, particularly around the fountain area. Mm-hmm. That's about all I can find. Mm-hmm. So what I did then is I dug into TripAdvisor. Mm-hmm. Now, we always have a lovely time in TripAdvisor. Oh, do. Uh, and there are some reports. And I, I've actually managed to dig up quite a few... Uh, personal experiences from people who have visited location. So this one uh, was from uh, at Gavin McGregor. And he said, I was born in Angeles City, Philippines, or Angeles, Angles? Sorry, i just looking at Angeles because I'm thinking of Los Angeles. I was too young to remember living there, but my parents and oldest brother have told me stories over the years about how haunted our house was. They saw shadow people peeking at them from around the corner. Cabinets would fling open and slam on their own. And worst was when my mum told me that a shadow man appeared in the shower. Terrifying. So that gives you an idea of what the people of the Philippines mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. are thinking with their. I actually thought it was a story about the hotel, but never mind. Um, but it was on mm-hmm. the the reviews yes. for that.
3: And they, as as we mentioned before, they are very very spiritual, and they have a lot of um, things associated with the dead.
2: Yeah. Yep. Uh, there was another one who titled their review, Interesting, and this is from 2017. We got a cab driver to bring us here and he was very knowledgeable about this place. So they're probably layering in mm-hmm. the stories, you mm-hmm. know how it is. It was a monastery, then a school, then a camp and then a concentration camp. Now this is the bit of information that I haven't seen anywhere else and mm-hmm. I don't think you've mentioned it either. It was a brothel. No! What? It was a brothel and a hotel and a hospital.
3: Right. Mm. So we got
2: some rompy bumpy happening there, as you mentioned earlier. rompy bumpy. I did not see any ghosts, but it sure felt creepy. Be sure to be here before 5 p.m. because it closes at 6 p.m. and the guard will shoo everyone away by 5.30 p.m great sunset by the way
3: (laughs) apparently um i I don't know whether you came across this too but when i was reading um some of the articles and listening to some of the podcasts they do tend to have armed guards at some of these places and they're they're locked behind gates and so um sometimes they might let you in if
2: they feel okay or Mm -hmm. you pass them some money Mm
3: -hmm. Um, but after hours it's all yep
2: no no go yeah, and uh, then there was another article that I read that sort of basically churned out that same information. Again, I'm just trying to see if there's anything Um, a strange and desperate noises. Um, Apparently babies and, and children crying is a common noise that mm-hmm. the, the locals will hear, and they're attributing that to the massacre of numerous children done at this site. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realise there were children that were massacred there. I thought it was the nuns and the, the friars. Well, this goes back to when they were taking uh, people in as POWs, oh. I'd say. Yeah. Um, now, this is another little story I found. Uh, mm-hmm. um, it was from Sikhs blogspot. One group of students in the 1990s visited Diplomat Hill after their prom. Drinking beer and having fun, they explored the hotel. I mean, what could go wrong with that? What could go wrong? They didn't believe that actually anything would happen. A wave of coldness swept over them and they all saw a female in a white dress floating towards them. This ghostly figure was of average height and her face was not visible. At first, they admitted they didn't comprehend what was going on. One female in the group screamed and fainted. When she awoke, she acted strangely. She spoke in an odd voice and in a language that none of them recognized. Several members of the group had to hold her down. One student who had a rosary placed around her neck. um, Sorry, one student had a rosary, placed it around her neck. When she became alert, she asked them what had happened. She was dizzy and didn't remember. Realising she had been possessed by an entity, they all left quickly. It's now been 25 years since that had happened and none of them have ever been game enough to go back. So, look, there's a lot of... um, uh things that that could have been they're yep. out drinking probably haven't eaten yep. up late um they're yep. all hysterical yep. faints and immediately they're assumed it's a possession and yep. um yeah anyway let me see what else i've got now this one is big you know i like them big but this is like a really long story and i actually found this just at the last minute, as you often do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to admit, I haven't read through all of it yet. So um, let's read it together. It could be shite and we'll just cut it out. I don't know. (laughs) But I found this website and I forgot about it, where it's People's True Stories. Mm -hmm. And I just typed into it and went for a search for it. And sure enough, two stories came up about the Diplomat Hotel. Mm -hmm. So this was um, a jaded disciple. Um, a few back, a few years back, when Diplomat Hotel Ambagio was not yet open to the public, I and seven of my friends sneaked past security to go spook ourselves out and see things that go bump in the night. It was almost midnight on October thirtieth, the day before Halloween. The time, the damp, chilly weather, and the fact that we were all sneaking past the guards added to each and everyone's excitement. We took a path on the side of a building near the Diplomat's Hotel main entrance. This was shown to us by one of my friends who had been here previously. Then we had to traverse a steep ravine and climb a barbed wire fence. Oh, that sounds like way too much effort for me. Once in we all took long breaths of relief because we were able to get past the guards without being seen. None of the extraordinary ha- nothing extraordinary happened uh, once we entered the premises. However, they were filled with tension and fear. We decide to enter through the hotel's main doors leading to the fountain to offer prayers to appease the spirits. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's good. Mm-hmm. They also walked past the big arch windows towards the door. We noticed another group was also inside doing the same thing and looking for the same adrenaline rush that we were after. We paid no heed and we went our own way. But that immediately means that any noises or anything you hear could be contamination from another group. Mm-hmm. Anyway um as we reached the old fountain that's when things started getting weird i stayed behind now remember this fountain because i've got another story about it yes um my uh as we stayed behind the group headed the fountain to offer the prayers i was a little bit skeptical about all of this so i didn't join them in prayer as soon as they began praying and offering candles i felt a chill run down my spine as something cold touched my neck Mm. I had goosebumps all over and sudden heaviness on my shoulders. This heavy feeling, something that felt like carrying a backpack full of school books and then um, some, uh, was felt by me all throughout the whole evening. It sounds like something's jumped on their back. Mm. I felt nauseous and my head suddenly felt prickling pain as well at this moment i ran to join my group as they were about to finish their prayers i didn't tell them anything because i thought it was just the weather that was getting to me boy was i wrong the group decided to cover the first floor and ascend to the other floors once we checked out all the rooms um, as we moved past doors rooms and hallways we made our way to the staircase to go to the second floor There beside the staircase was an arch where a door once was. A friend pointed out that a shadow of a big man was reflecting on the walls in front of the arch. No one dared to look where the shadow was coming from. The girls from the group started shrieking and taunting us not to go on with our tour. Don't! Stop! Sorry. However, uh, afraid of being called losers or chickens... Some of the males in the group urged us urged us to go on. Silly boys. Two male friends and I, of course, decided to check out where the source of the said shadow was coming from as a group made their way upstairs to wait on the landing. As we walked under the arch, a cold swoosh of air welcomed us. Mm. This time, my friends also felt the same heavy feeling I had felt Then a mysterious eerie voice of a man that sounded like a cross between a bad radio signal and a drunken man's slur was heard by us it was like he was warning us not to go on we took this warning and didn't go on searching for the shadow source as brave as we were sometimes when battling the unknown it's best to leave and retreat Ah, uh, yes finally some yes, sense that is true honestly yes we were scared out of our wits by then as they joined, as we joined the other members of our group, Nikki, a female from the group, was heard crying on the last stair before reaching the landing of the second floor. A human's natural instinct is to comfort the sad, the females being females huddled around to comfort her. The reason she was crying was unknown because she remained silent for the remaining hours we were there. She later told us she saw a priest staring at her and then vanished into thin air. She was so scared and didn't know how to react, that's why she just cried it out. By now accounts of what happened to us downstairs were known, but we remained brave to finish the tour we started. We finished going in and out of different rooms until we reached the top where a huge crucifix was. The wind was slightly blowing, and the moon above illuminated the crucifix in a way that we only saw in horror films. Ah. These made everyone de- de- uh, this these made everyone to decide to go back downstairs and stroll around the gardens instead. <laughs> <laughs> As we made our way out and reached the hotel's backyard, I noticed I lost my cell phone. Oh, and they've let you know that it's a Nokia seven six five zero. Is that product placement? There's too much information there. And it's leather holster. Oh, they were chic. They've got a leather holster. <sighs> my husband used to have one of those. <sighs> um, anyway, uh, it's the kind that used to loop on your, your belt anyway. So <laughs> my phone was secured to my belt via a leather belt holster with magnetic flaps. <laughs> During the whole time, I didn't bother checking messages nor removed the holster from my belt because we were too preoccupied. I started freaking out because there was no way I could go home without my phone. Go home. My parents would have killed me. Also, I was baffled as to how the phone fell off, holster and all, without me removing it from my belt. Uh-huh. Apparently the friars wanted a phone. That's right. (laughs) I decided to go back and search the entire hotel for it. Jeff and Raymond, two of my closest friends, decided to go with me while the rest of the group sat on the benches at the back of the hotel leading to the garden. Jeff, Raymond and I retraced our steps to retrieve my lost cell phone. We searched high and low but couldn't find it. We scoured the whole place for almost 15 minutes. I gave up because it was getting late and that our friends were waiting for us. We continued the tour by entering a path, going to the farther side of the hotel's lot. There we found a wall bordering the residential area behind the hotel, as we circled around it, there was a shrill sound coming from a ringing phone. Oh, oh! The the monks have learned how to use, so the friars have learned how to use the phone. They're sexting the nuns. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm going to hell. We tried to look for the source, the sus of the sound, the source of the sound, but to no avail. We reached a huge pine. Words are getting hard. Huge pine tree, where um. RM, they're referring to another friend, pointed out that there was a silhouette of a huge man, um, perhaps the same one from the arch, hovering at the base of the tree. As we looked, we saw the shadow vanish. It seemed like it ran past us because we felt a sudden breeze blowing past. We decided to check out the tree. It's a huge Philippine folk Oh, sorry! Huge trees in the Philippines folklore mean that it might be the dwelling place of spirits. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When we reached the tree, another sound from a phone filled the air. We trained our eyes as well to listen to a sudden light emitting from one of the tree's gnarly roots. There, before our eyes, was my missing phone. How scary is Out that? Out on the tree. How scary. How it got there, they don't know. However, we know for sure that no one from our group went out of the hotel building and wandered off to this part of the Diplomat Hotel grounds, let alone snatching it from my belt without me feeling a thing. I'm getting there. As I breathed a sigh of relief, (sighs) Claire mentioned that the other group we met on our way was nowhere to be seen. As we pondered upon this, we realised that we didn't bump into them for the whole night we were in the building, aside from that moment where we met them as we went in. This left a spook So we decided To bugger off No to call it a night <laughs> And leave the hotel We took the same Steep path Going out As the last group member Stepped into view One of the security guards Saw us And shone his flashlight On me mm-hmm. Once the blinding light Hit me The guard took a step back And let her, a gasp Of surprise <clears throat> Oh well done Renata You saw the cue that time you. If you had seen him He looked like He'd seen a ghost Pale face Genuine look of terror And that he had Almost looked like he was ready to pass out then as soon as this happened there came a boisterous sound of laughing coming from inside the hotel grounds we all looked towards the building and thought that our the other group was indeed still inside. Once the security guard got hold of himself for composure, we took the liberty to apologise for sneaking in and scaring him as we stepped out of the ravine's landing. He said that it was okay and that a lot of people do it. He also mentioned that he saw us inside while doing these rounds and didn't want to bother us with our ghost hunting. We were stunned but asked him why he got so scared. He mentioned that when he shone the flashlight at me, he saw a shadow getting off my shoulders <gasps> and running back into the darkness. Oh, no. That's when it hit me and the group members as well. The heavy feeling I felt since we went in was possibly the shadow the guard had seen jump off my back when it was piggybacking a ride on me. Oh. Imagine a spirit riding on my shoulders the whole time. This got me spooked out. We were ready to all move out once and for all to get away from this haunted place. We were all we could think of. Without thinking, I jokingly warned the guard not to get spooked again if he saw another group came out. I mentioned that we passed by another group inside on the way. This gave him another jolt of surprise. Imagine the shock that we all got when he said "Kekoguling." <laughs> <laughs> he said what? Oh, I really should have pre-read this. <laughs> it's a phrase in the Philippines language. uh uh-huh. It starts off with kagagaling. Okay. pro-nugra... No, um... Uh, I just did my rounds inside. As I told you, I saw your group inside. However, there were no other people inside oh, apart from your group. No. So where did the group of people we saw go? Had they sneaked out of the sneaked out as well without the guard seeing them? Maybe the guard didn't see them because they went out while he was doing his rounds. Where did the laughter we heard come from? Maybe from a party in one of the houses near the premises or maybe something else? Well, we will never know. Come to think about it, after what happened, who would want to know anyway? What a good story. Isn't it a great story? A great story I know and that, terrifying. Yeah. And I know that I, I didn't have a lot of stories to tell, but I thought that was a good one. Um, let me now, there is another story there, but um, we might leave that yeah. for the moment. Um the ghost hunters international mm-hmm. did uh, an investigation at the diplomat hotel mm-hmm. uh and they you know went in and did all their stuff they're doing their evp sessions and mm-hmm. at one stage mm-hmm. um they the uh, rob demarest was up there with um uh can't remember the other dude's name uh and they were doing an evp session he's going oh I just heard something, just heard something, mm-hmm. um, and of course we're going to get that later. Uh, they had reports from some of the security guards talking about footsteps. They could hear footsteps following them. For me, that's probably their echo. Mm-hmm. They're probably just a bit frightened of that. Yep. Yep. Uh, there uh, is a local guide said they'd seen a white figure of a lady. Now that white lady turns up quite a bit in the um the summaries of ghost seen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about a outdoor chapel where somebody had taken a photo. And um, when they looked back at the photo, there was a woman with a baby sitting on one of the benches. Um, there was tunnels apparently underneath there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, like a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when they were doing the EVP session on the second floor, uh, you could hear what sounded like men chatting or voices. And then I realised it was dogs. Oh. there Because you've got the town surrounding you. Yeah. And there was the noise of dogs barking in the background. Uh, and I made a little note here that Rob Demeris said he heard a male voice and I said it was probably telling the dogs to shut up because you could just hear that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to come back to that whole idea of hearing a male voice. Uh now, one thing that they did notice yeah. is that there was some big cell towers in direct line with the the, the hotel. The hotel, yeah. Uh, and that lined up to where the outdoor chapel was. And it's believed that high EMF... Mm-hmm can or uh, can induce hallucinations Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there was a lot of emf spikes around this outdoor chapel area there was a report of sightings in that chapel area one of because i read some of the comments as well from that episode and one of the comments on there said there is also a wire cross that has been put into the ground near the chapel which could actually act as a focal point to um, amplify mm-hmm. the, the signals that were coming through yep. and that possibly the reason why people were seeing hallucinations in this air area um, was because of this tower. Yes. Right? Yep. But in but, saying that, yeah. that doesn't explain the photo, nor does it uh, explain mm-hmm. things that happened before that tower went up. Yes. Now, they did find one of the possible tunnels. They sent one of the girls down into it, and um, she was saying, you know, make a noise if you want us to leave. And they heard some little tiny noises, like maybe pebbles falling or something like that. But nothing seemed to be actually there. Yeah. That's, except for... Yeah, it's a huge place. Except yep. for... Giant spiders oh no they put the flashlight up onto the wall and there was giant spiders everywhere so they hightailed it out of there pretty quickly now they found another tunnel that was pretty overgrown with bush so they sent the ladder down and the girls like going hell no (laughs) um so i think rob went down this time and um they were sort of making looking yeah. around, doing EVPs and, and whatever, and they heard a male voice down there. So Rob's sort of head off in the area to where the, the voice was coming from and he's gone, okay, we need to get out of here now. Just just trust me, get out of here now. Mm-hmm. So they've all quickly got back out and thinking, oh, what have they found? Is it a demon? What is it? Turns out that there was a homeless person living down there yes ah, now nah. let's go back and think about some of the reports of things that people have been talking about yes they're hearing voices yes. they're hearing wails, they're hearing cries could this because there is a homeless population that is living in there yeah in these tunnels and refuges and abandoned places that makes a lot of sense it does doesn't mm. it i was really super impressed with their investigation mm-hmm. um i i really liked what they did um so for me, the EVPs could have been dogs, mm-hmm. um, the possibility of these towers that was cre- creating the the mind to see things that weren't there, mm-hmm. um, the voices and things of possibly people that are living on the grounds out of sight or or guards playing funny buggers with people who are doing the wrong thing on the site. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there is enough trauma associated with this site to actually have a haunting there. Mm-hmm. But... Is it truly haunted, Renata? Mm. I,
3: I, I would like to think that there is so much residual pain there. I I mean, I don't like like that, would you? I don't like to think, but there is so much residual pain
2: there that I, I would say there's a lot of residual residual. I would agree. I don't know if there's much intelligent stuff there. I think that the traumas. I mean, those spirits would have been out of there as soon as they could get out.
3: It will be interesting to see the site. Um, as it goes into the future Mm. I know Amy's been
2: there from Amy's crypt Mm -hmm. so maybe she did an investigation there I don't know, I'll have to look it up, I just read her little summary but um, yeah, I I don't know if I'd visit, I mean if the opportunity arose I would would definitely go and visit Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to go out of my way to visit that one, Mm -hmm. what do you reckon? I'd go if I was there, yep. absolutely.
3: It would be on my bucket list. It would have to be on my bucket list now. I don't think yep. I would bother going once it's uh, completely renovated and gutted. Yeah, I think sometimes they take the soul out of things when they do that. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting to hear whether there are any reports beyond this point in time um,
2: with that site yeah we shall see alright well that brings us to the end of the True Hornings I hope you've enjoyed it if you'd like to consider becoming one of our financial supporters and becoming a Patreon look up Anne and Renata on Patreon P-A-T-R-E-O-N and become a Grand bar and join our little secret family we thank you for being here with us uh, the whatever you're listening to us on at the moment, um, reach out and let us know if you've enjoyed the episode or if you've got a place you'd like us to investigate or any spooky stories you've got or anything else that you'd like to see Anne and Renata get up to. But uh, next time, we'll see you on the dark side. Yeah, and don't forget, stay spooky. And be frightfully
1: good. good. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Ann and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com.